Good morning, everyone. Um, my name's Paul Armstrong, and I'm a solutions architect out of the UK. And I work with enterprise customers implementing voice user experiences with Connect and Lex. And this session today, we're going to cover how can you effectively serve your customers at scale quickly and efficiently with an engaging experience. So in this session, it is a 300 session, so we are going to talk a, a little bit of code, but not a lot. It, we're going to introduce the services that we think will, uh, that are important in terms of Amazon Connect and Lex. Talk about the customer flow and the contact flow and the customer experience. How, how do you maximize the, the efficiency of your organization, but still give a personal experience to your customers? Look at some of the practicalities and the frameworks of how do you integrate, connect, and Lex. And also go through a scenario of a multi-channel conversational state machine. So look at how do you actually interact. And we're looking at maybe how you initiate a job at home, how you would um, interact with it on the move, and how you would interact it with it in the office. And then what next in terms of some of the key takeaways. So just a quick introduction to two of the core services that we'll be talking about today. Because at AWS, we're really excited about lowering the barriers to machine learning and AI and making the, the, these advanced technologies available to developers so they're easy to use to build those streamlined customer experiences. And last year, we launched Amazon Lex. And Lex is voice and text chatbots. It uses the natural language understanding and the automatic speech recognition engine that was started in Alexa. And it enables you to have rich voice interactions on multiple channels, mobile devices, web devices. But also have text interaction with Slack channels, Messenger channels. And connect in to your other enterprise applications. Now, when you look at Lex, it's actually a very, very simple interface to use. The SDK is broken down into two key aspects. You have the developer interface, which you can do via the console or via the API. And this is where you develop your utterances and you develop your slots and your voice interactions. These then get run through into the Lex engine, which uses the automatic speech recognition and the natural language understanding. All of this is integrated so you can make calls, secure calls to Lambda, and is integrated with Cognito, CloudTrail, and CloudWatch. Then you have the actual interactive side of the API. So when you publish your chatbot, you then have the ability to call that endpoint. And that can be from multiple clients, it can be from mobile devices, it can be from web devices, and via chat. And this enables you to have those rich interfaces and do text-to-speech using services such as Poly. Now, earlier this year, we announced Amazon Connect. And this delivers a complete contact center at the fraction of the cost of traditional contact center solutions. But this is also like all the other AWS services. It's pay-as-you-go. So you can scale up and scale down, and it will meet your needs without worrying about the telephony, the hardware, space, or capacity. And what's really, really powerful about the solution 
is how it's open and integrates into the overall platform. So your Connect implementation can integrate into services that you're already familiar with, such as storing your call recording on S3, storing all your contact flows in S3, and then running them, your advanced analytics. And we'll talk in a bit more detail about that. Integrating in your contact flows to Lambda, so you can have personalized interactions with your customers. And we'll go through a few examples of some patterns for how you go, go about doing that. And integrating with your CRM solutions. And all of your metrics all being captured in your data warehouse. So what you have is all of these capabilities integrated in to the existing AWS services. And I'm delighted to have Kevin Barnett with us, who's going to just talk through some of his experiences with contact center solutions. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Paul. Um, as Paul mentioned, my name is Kevin Barnett, and I'm the Senior Director of Contact Center Technologies for Assurian. Assurian is one of the world's leading providers of protection services for electronic devices. Um, we offer repair, repair and replacement for wireless devices that are lost, stolen, or damaged for some of the largest carriers in the world. Uh, we also provide those same customers with a premier white glove experience for technical support. We also partner with some of the largest retailers in the world provide, to provide extended service contracts. Um, Assurian has been recognized as a, a great place to work uh, in the uh, Great Places to Work survey, as well as uh, was included as one of the most innovative companies in a recent publication by the Muse. Um, and that's that slide. His, this is the clicker. Um, so uh, at the beginning of 2017, one of the things that uh, we were looking at was our contact center technology direction. Uh, and m like many of you, we probably had the same drivers. Uh, we wanted to simplify our environment. Uh, over the years, we developed a very complex solution that was very robust and powerful, but it really inhibited our time to market. Uh, we also wanted to modernize. Um, you know, our, our systems had gotten a little long in the tooth and needed some refreshing. Um, as I mentioned earlier, innovation is a key part of the Assurian culture, and uh, we really wanted to see how we could take that next step in our contact center technologies. Uh, from a, uh, a cultural change, we were going through a change, like many of you are, embracing the two-pizza team model, uh, distributing our capabilities to um, these small teams that could uh, move very quickly, and our existing capabilities were not lending themselves to that very kindly. Uh, they were too complex, and they required proprietary knowledge. Uh, so as you can imagine, finding a, a solution to meet all of these needs was very difficult. Uh, that is, until the announcement of Amazon Connect. Uh, Amazon Connect and Lex have allowed us to advance all of these key drivers to accomplish our strategy. So it simplified our environment. Uh, we've been able to focus on delivering excellent customer service rather than administering infrastructure and making sure products uh, work well together. Um, modernize. I think it goes without saying, Amazon is a very uh, modern environment with a rich ecosystem of powerful capabilities, and we're able to leverage that to drive our third dimension, which is innovation. Amazon Connect and Lex um, have really taken us to the next level in our contact center innovation. Uh, a great example um, uses our fourth dimension, which was a distributed staffing model. Our premier support organization has taken uh, Amazon Connect and Lex, and in just a few weeks was able to develop uh, some experiments 
that they were able to take and capture a uh, customer's intent and move that on through to a customer service representative so that they could immediately begin servicing the customer's needs rather than spending that initial time uh, interrogating them on you know, what is it that you're calling about. Um, so you know, Amazon Connect and Lex have really opened a lot of doors for us. Uh, so what's next? Uh, we're going to take these same powerful capabilities and distribute them to all of our product teams um, and empower them to, uh, to leverage in the contact center uh, capabilities that were previously out of the reach because it required these specialized capabilities. Uh, we've got a lot of opportunities identified for Lex uh, for innovation, taking us to that next level. And I think to summarize our experience, I'll use three words. Uh, simplify, intuitive, and frictionless. And we've provided those three benefits to three key groups. Our customers are able to experience a simplified experience that's intuitive. You know, the voice interface is probably one that we know the best. You know, pushing buttons is not something that's uh, necessarily intuitive, which button to push. And frictionless, you know, once they got to the agent, the agent knew what they were, they were needing and they were able to immediately begin their service. Um, which leads to our second group, the agents. The agents saw those same three benefits, simplified, intuitive, frictionless. They could immediately begin providing exceptional service, driving up their uh, NPS scores, as opposed to spending time uh, interacting on what the customer's needs was. Uh, and finally, uh, the one that's really the icing on the cake for us was uh, the developers. Uh, the developers are now able to experience the same simplified and intuitive interface and not have the friction of depending upon the backlog availability of a centralized team to deliver their needs. So if we tried to shove all of our innovation through a single small pipe, uh, we weren't going to get very far. We needed to break that open and really explode it to all of our product teams so that we could get the great benefit of innovation, time to market, and taking our products to the next level. So in summary, I would strongly encourage you to take a look at Amazon Connect and Lex. Uh, as opportunities to power innovation within your organization. So, thanks, Paul. Thank you, Kevin. So, building on that, how do you build a great customer experience? How easy is it actually to do? Well, if we think about a simple contact flow with a customer, Okay, we've lost the audio on here. So um, what this slide is showing is a, a dial coming in, doing a data dip, determining the context of the call, and asking a question based on the context of the caller. Then responding based on the, um, the accuracy of the response to give you to a point of booking a flight. So you can see that the flow is dynamic, and it's personal. So you dial in, you, you do a data dip on the number, you validate with the system-initiated prompt, you have your response, you confirm the action, and then you integrate in to your back-end booking systems. But this is about using, as Kevin was talking about, that natural voice interaction to make this happen. So what are common use cases that you might need for this? Well, a, if you think about it, there's quite a few 
quite common interactions that you have that you could automate. I've been working with um, some, some customers in the utility industry, and they've been looking at managing meter readings and automating providing of billing information. Service desks, it's really useful to have intelligent routing based on the cause to route people to the correct support engineers. Click-to-dial integration with CRM, very, very common requirement. Providing the analytics on your call trends, being able to unlock all of the data in your contact center, that's really, really important. And some of the challenges about managing and looking after your voice recordings. Automated responses. So if there is an incident and you have a rising cause, can you provide relevant, up-to-date information? Challenges with things like cancelled flights. And also, we've been working with customers who've been doing conference and event helplines to answer questions on facilities, scheduling, and transport. So there's a whole range of interactions that you can supply with that natural interaction. Now, this is an architecture that we've built up with a customer recently. And as you, see, you can see, this is integrating in to a range of the underlying AWS services. So we were using click-to-dial interfacing with Salesforce. Connect was managing the, the contact flows. But the customer also had the ch historic challenge of accessing all of their call recording data. And, and we were at the time, we were working with them um, in building their data lake. So what they found really interesting was we could ingest all of the contact trace records into S3 into the data lake. So then they could start doing analytics on the contact flows in the context of the business. But we started to extend that as well, and we're going to go through a simple scenario later. But we wanted to, what do you want to do? How could you have a virtual receptionist? So what would happen is, it's out of hours, there's no one available to take a call. How could you take a message? And we actually set up Lex to enable the taking of a message using Lambda, and then emailing it out to the relevant team. So any calls that come through don't go to an individual, they go out to the, the overall team. And we had a similar flow for if, if for any reason in your contact flow there was a missed call and it wasn't processed, it would still send out the fact that that call had been missed and had come in to the entire team. Because you're starting to stream data using Kinesis Analytics, what you're seeing is you can start to do some quite interesting things with anomaly detection. For those of you that haven't seen anomaly detection in Kinesis Analytics, it's a machine learning algorithm that, that's unsupervised that can help you look for changes in trends in the call flows coming through. And you can start to apply that to other business data. So you can start to correlate. You're suddenly seeing a rise in, in calls. Does it correspond to a business event? And then you can start sending early notifications. So you can start to react to your customers' um, interactions because you're starting to predict why there's a rising cause and why they're calling in. Now, at the heart of Amazon Connect is the contact flow. And this is a very simple one, but the process is really important. What this is just showing is a basic flow where a call is coming in. It's checking the availability of the person who you're trying to call. If they're not available, it's checking if there's a, someone else available in the team. Or if you're out of hours, it then directs you down to take a message via Lex. And if, as I mentioned before, if all of those flows aren't, aren't working, 
then it will just capture the fact that the call came through and notify it to the team. So how do you go about bringing all this together? This traditionally has been quite complicated. With most things, you start with IAM policies. Um, but in this case, all we're doing is giving Connect permissions to post contact content onto LAX. It's very simple. Uh, I mean, in this case, this is more open than you would traditionally do. I'm allowing it to post content to all of my LAX endpoints. You would tend to lock it down to specific chat points. We're creating an SNS topic in this example. Very simple, but we're just using it to demonstrate the interactions with our services. And then we're building a Lambda function on top of this now. So the Lambda function needs to be able to execute. It needs to have access to SNS. And in the examples we're using here, I'm just using Python. But you can use any of the other code libraries that you're familiar with. And when you're building that Lambda function to interact with Lex, there's three key aspects to it. And I'll sort of start at the back and work to the, work to the front. When you're re returning back to Lex, you have to give confirmation of your response and your fulfillment status. Because that's really important for Lex to understand where it is in terms of the flow. Then you have your actual intent business logic. And this is where you're doing the processing. All I'm doing here is capturing the information from the slots that have been from the voice interaction, putting them together, and posting them onto SNS just to send a simple email in this case. And best practice is you have a handler to verify the intent that you're processing. Because everything's loosely coupled, you will pass through when you call your Lambda event, the JSON. And within that JSON, you need to make sure you have a processor for the intent that's been sent through. And you can see in your test core, there's an example of a Lambda um, of the JSON that would come through from Lex. And it's got the slot information that we're trying to capture. It's got the name and the confirmation status. And we'll touch on what these are in more detail. Some information around the bot that you're actually interfacing with and then some other information around user ID and session attributes. So at this point, you've written your business logic now that Lex is going to interact with. And then you configure Lex. So you create your bot. And within your bot, you have intents. And an intent is something that you're trying to fulfill. And that intent has utterances. And within those utterances, you have slots. And those slots are detailed information that you want to capture in the flow. So the slots, in this case, we're trying to take a message. We want to take my name. We want to take the reason I'm trying to call, the date and time, and the company I'm calling from. Very simple just for this example. And it, it will be slightly labored, but it's just trying to make the point of populating those different types. And the interesting thing about these types is some of them are built-in types. And some of them are custom. So the core reasons we're looking at for um, billing inquiries, for sales inquiries, for complaints. So you can build up your own slot types that help the engine when it's learning to, to actually interpret the voice interactions that come through. And then we call our Lambda function to fulfill the actual message. So you then have your interaction with Lex. When, you're, when you've captured all of the slot information, you send it through to your Lambda, which then can fulfill the message 
and send out the message. It's also best practice when you're running a flow to have other intent. You have to give customers a way out. So you have to give them a cancel, a stop, a no, or an exit call. There's best practice, anyone that's worked with Alexa will be used to these, that you have the ability just to stop or cancel out of your flow. And once you've built your Lexbot, so you can build it and test it, there's a test console, and you can interact. You can do it via text, you can do it via voice, and you can actually prove the context, prove you're ca capturing the flow. And it's really important that when you're doing your conversational interfaces, you get that positive response. So you're getting the response back to any interaction, so you get that confirmation for the user that they've been understood. So to configure Connect to integrate with Lex, once you've set up your permissions and you've published your Lexbot, you then add it to your Connect instance. So you're telling Connect you want to make use of this particular chatbot. Then in your contact flow in that bottom right-hand corner, which we've now um, expanded on, you can see we've got the customer input. We give a prompt to say, there's no one available to take your call. Would you like me to take a message? And then we're capturing the intents that we want to process. And you can see how you can start to build up quite rich interactions and chaining your int intents across different Lex chatbots as you need to. So let's try and put this all together, see if the audio works. So, so, so. There is no one available to take your call. Would you like me to take a message? Yes. Please leave your name. Paul. What is the reason for your call? Sales inquiry. What is the reason for your call? Sales inquiry. What date would you like your call returned? Tomorrow. What date would you like your call returned? Tomorrow. What time would you like your call returned by? 5 p.m. What is your company name? Amazon. Your message is Paul from No Amazon would like to be called back by November 29, 2017, 1700 hours regarding the following sales inquiry. Is this correct? Yes. Thank you. Your message has been sent. And that will send me through an email. There was a slight problem with some of the pickup, I think, with the mics and some of the echo. But you can see how that interaction was capturing those slots as, as we've configured, and then sending me an email response through the flow. And we've only written a few lines of code to hook all of these services together. So when you're designing conversational interfaces, it's about being concise trying to avoid ambiguity. Try to keep the interactions natural but relevant. And take into context, is it user-directed or is it system-directed? So user-initiated calls are things like when you're interacting with things like Alexa, and you, and you have your watchword to, to trigger the conversation. And system-directed are where you have your system prompts and your, your responses from the user. So that was quite a simple flow. 
but you can see how you're building a voice user experience very, very simply. But what, what if you want something slightly different? So if you want to go across a multi-channel experience? So here we're thinking about what if, say, you kicked off a job with Alexa and had an interaction on a, on a batch process that you started at home? You would use the Alexa skills kit, you could interact with Lambda, and you could have something stored in your state, such as um, DynamoDB. Then you could dial in and check the status of that on the move using Connect, using Lex, and validating the state using that same Lambda function. And maybe you'd have a different interaction in your, in your office. Maybe that would be a text interaction rather than voice. Or maybe it would be text input and you would receive voice, depending on the environment that you're working in. How would you build these things and put them together? So if you think about slightly more complex phrases, um, we will try it and see, see how, how the mic picks up when we run it in a minute. I'm going to run this um, through Connects rather than Alexa, but what it's going to do is it's going to ask me what is the reason for your call. I'm going to initiate so I want to, to understand the status of the job, and then it will confirm the, the job that ran overnight, that it failed, and will ask me do I want to, to take a corresponding action. We're then going to call back in. And in the corresponding call, it will ask me a different question because it's now got the context of my call. So what we're just trying to illustrate is the framework for how you can actually start to make those dynamic interfaces. So let's see how the mic picks up. And these are much more complex phrases now as we start to run this. Good morning, Paul. How can I help you? What is the status of the reconciliation of the business data and our predictive analytics? Good morning, Paul. The data batches completed successfully overnight. The daily performance report has highlighted a validation failure that I am unable to fix and is preventing the batch from continuing. The details have been emailed to you. Would you like to continue processing? Yes, please complete by 9 AM. You have requested for the system to provision enough additional capacity to start the batch job and complete by 9 o'clock. Is this correct? Yes. Your request has been processed. Have a great day. You can see in the interaction, we were enriching the conversation as we added more detail. We understood the status of the overnight processing. We took a corresponding action, and we wanted to initiate the job to complete. And what this has done under the covers is just initiated the job and maintained that in our state. So now we want to dial and get the status of the job. So the question that will be asked will be, it recognizes that a job's running, so it'll be, are you ringing for a status update? And it will give the time that the job was triggered. Good morning, Paul. Are you ringing for a status update on the batch job that you triggered at 8.56 AM? Yes, please provide an update. The job created 50% more server capacity and is currently expected to complete at 9 AM. You have two emails, none marked urgent. Would you like me to read them to you? No, I'll review them later. Thank you. So you can see. In that interaction, it was the same flow, but the difference was 
it asked me, was I ringing for a status update on the job I'd initiated? So it was personalizing the call, recognizing, or trying to predict why I was trying to call in. And then the final part of the flow is the actual completion of the job. And so we'll show it again doing the voice interaction, and then, then I'll show you maybe a different way of doing it. Good morning, Paul. Are you ringing for a status update on the batch job that you triggered at 8.56 a.m.? Has the reconciliation of the business data and our predictive analytics completed? I can confirm the job completed at 8.58 a.m. The reports have been issued to the business users. Would you like to receive one? Yes, I'll review them now. The report has been sent. And you can see, I was asked the same question, but gave a different response. And in the contact flow, that went through a different intent. But you don't have to just use the voice interface. One of the things we, we did was we set up a very simple HTML page that does that reconciliate, uh, that enabled that interaction with the chatbot. But one of my colleagues in the Lumberyard team thought it would be more interesting to put together an avatar for me. So what this is doing is doing text input to the same bot. And it is, there, is, there is audio as well. But you can see how it's giving the same, same response. And then using the input text to say, yes, I'll review them later. So you're having the same interaction with the same chatbot across different channels. So how do we put this together? Well, this is very, very simple code in terms of this, this example. But using DynamoDB, we've got a start job, a get status, and an end job. And all we're doing is capturing the relevant data to this conversation in the flow. We're managing the conversation. So again, we're looking at the sample utterances. So when we initiated it, what is the status of the reconciliation of business data and our predictive analytics? What is the status of the daily performance report? You can put all the variations that you would like to fulfill this intent. And we have a slot for the complete time. And if you notice, when I was interacting with the dates, I didn't say the actual date. I said tomorrow. And it interpreted that in the slot to know that the date was tomorrow. The same with the time. I said 8 a.m. 9 p.m. So actually interpreting the context of what you're saying to capture that information accurately. And in your conversation, you can see that it's broken down. We touched on this, Jason. We'll just explore that in a bit more detail. But you've got your slots, which in this case is just complete time. You've got your confirmation status, which is managing the state interactions with Lex. You've got the bot that you're actually interfacing with. Your user ID, if you want to maintain session state across multiple devices. And you've got your session attributes, if you want to decorate those for the capture of additional information. Now, when you're managing conversation, there's three sets of states that you need to manage. You've got session attributes, which are initiated. 
and then capturing the slot information. Have you got confirmation that you've actually captured everything in the slot? You've got your dialogue management. Are you confirming, are you denying your interactions? And then you've actually got the slot values that you're capturing. How you actually, do you have a value? Has it been fulfilled? And only when you've managed the, the interaction of all of these states can you then initiate that job. So you can see how you're building up quite that rich interface. But under the covers, it's just a very, very simple state engine. And you can start to do more sophisticated flows as you walk through. So how did we manage the data dip and the changing of the interaction and the conversation? Well, we did a direct call to a Lambda function. And that Lambda function is looking at the context of, to say, was, is it going to say good morning, good evening, by the time of day? And then it's looking to see, is there an active job running? If it can find the job, get the information that's relevant, and ask that question of the user. And when you're using that in a connect flow, what you're doing is you directly invoke the Lambda, you run through the logic, and you return back a key value pair. In this case, you can see it's a get status prompt. And all that get status prompt is, is the message that I'm actually going to in, pass through to LECT to prompt me for the system-driven conversation. And this is available via the, LEC, um, the connect contact flow by this external parameter. So what this will enable you to do is within the LECT flow, you can see that my prompt is that external parameter get status prompt. So very, very simply, you can write your business logic to derive the interaction to initiate your Lex. And then the intent will be picked based on the response from the user. So you're starting to see how you're starting to build up that dialogue management. And you can build some quite complex dialogue management engines in that front end, if you so choose to. But here you can see, again, we're capturing the information. And we're also catching the confirmation of, do you actually want to um, the email sent to you? Do you want to review them, or do you want to review them later? So in this session, we've covered quite a few things. So if we just take a, take a minute to recap on where we are. We've looked at Lex and, and how Lex integrates with Amazon Connect. We've looked at the scalability of Connect and, and the, the flows through Connect and how you can actually process the data. And we've started looking at the customer user experience in terms of how do you actually manage that flow, the contact flow of the customer? How do you personalize that? How do you actually do your data dips? How do you actually extract the data from that information? And then how do you actually manage that integration between the different services? But then started looking at the conversational interfaces across channels. So how do you actually manage those interactions? And how do you start to build up those more complex business use cases? So you can see the framework that we've talked around here is around how do you actually manage the, the flow between the different services and the interactions? Now you've got that in place, you can write quite sophisticated business logic and enable your developers to really start to, to develop those, inter, those rich user interactions. And what you're trying to do is predict why you've got a user calling you in the first place. If you understand why you've got that customer contact via whatever channel it is, 
then how can you effectively respond to their needs in a way that satisfies them? And using the voice interface, as Kevin talked about earlier, is the most natural way of doing that. So if you can respond to someone when they feel that you're listening to their needs and you're responding quickly, you're really starting to drive those rich user interfaces. But also, you're doing it across multiple channels. So you're running conversational interfaces in such a way that you just need to store the state. And this, the examples we've done here, we've used Connect and we've used DynamoDB for storing our backend state. You can hook those into your transactional systems, you can hook those into your enterprise systems, you can hook them into the other systems that you have available to you in terms of how you actually want to manage that flow through the system. And the conversational interfaces are across multiple channels. We've used predominantly voice today. But you saw we had the Lumberyard interface. You could write other interfaces through your mobile devices and your mobile apps. You can also write devices through HTML and your standard web applications. So you're looking at how do you actually leverage those multiple channels to give you those capabilities. So what next? Well, we strongly recommend get have, try these things out. Build your own Lex chatbots. Build your own solutions. Actually try the interactions and try to actually manage the flow of the data. Try running them. Try actually building some of these flows. They're very, very simple to do. It's available from the console now, and you can actually try the interactions. The same with Connect. You can be up and running with Connect within minutes. And then again, you can start to claim a number, build, build the flow, and build the interactions. And start looking at how you can interact with some, some, some of the Lex chatbots. But build up the layers. And there's some other sessions that will come up um, through the week in building your service chatbots and how you can interfa interface them with Amazon Connect, building voice-enabled customer services and chatbots using Lex and Polly. And we've used a lot of those services in some of the demonstrations today. But if you, for a deep dive on some of the actual multimodal user agents, natural language understanding, and maybe some of the more advanced deep learning algorithms that are running under the covers, there is a 403 session that's running later in the week that will actually dive deeper into some of those in, ter in terms of other interactions. Now, we finished slightly early, so I'm happy to stay and answer any questions anyone's got on anything that we've covered in the session this morning. We also have Kevin here, who's head of um, Amazon Connect in, in, from the product team. So if anyone's got any questions from him, it would be great to come and talk to us. So again, thank you for your time. <laughs>